0: As we get started, what do you know about Eli? What are some things that you know um, about Eli? Eli, the priest, and, and that's all I'm going to say. And then I'll, I'll, I'll share a couple thoughts, and then I'm going to I'm going to um, let let you tell me what you know about Eli. Eli is mentioned from. 1 Samuel 1 all the way to 1 Samuel 4 is his lifespan. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse number 8, I think it mentions him again. Um, and so that's, that is his lifespan. So what do you know? Someone tell me a fun fact that you know about Eli. Anyone? Anybody? You know what? I noticed in this paper, I didn't change the title of the lesson either. It still says the revenge of Samson. That is not right, is it? All right, Eli was a priest.
1: Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but Eli was a strong, strong man. Of trust.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I would think that he was, uh, he been, had been a priest for many a year, he'd been a judge for many a year. And he passed his judgeship on to Samuel. Samuel. Mm hmm. And then where Samuel was a, was a judge, I guess, for a short while, but then Samuel anointed the first king.
0: Right. But Eli was a man, of, uh, a
1: man of God, a man of integrity, even though his kids, kind of like Sam's kids, his kids become very corrupt yes. in what they did. Yep.
0: They have two sides. So, he raised, I think he raised,
1: raised the night such as Samson was but in comparison uh, they were put in priesthood but they took advantage of priesthood where they were put into it. and so Samson being strong he's Right. so there's a lot to compare there but you compare the kids not Eli and Samson
0: <laughs> right out. That's good. Anybody else? What do you know? What's your you, what two, you, two sons. Two sons. Yes, sir. And uh, he,
2: uh, he was totally disappointed in them. And they were, they were into all sorts of stuff.
0: Things they should never and, have been. Uh, in. He,
2: he was very disappointed and disgusted with them. And uh, he, he told them that, you know, what he heard was true. Uh, yeah he, he just really killed all man right sure. well what they were doing it just, it, it just, he couldn't believe what they were doing and it, it just literally you know brought him to his death he just laid there and uh, brought the temple back you know just he told them not to do any of that but they did it anyway and uh
0: Right. Him. Well, we'll see through the life of of Eli. The Scripture gives us a tidbit of Eli's life, um, and it's the latter part of Eli's life. Um, Eli dies as at an old age, uh, ninety, I believe, ninety eight years old. Um, but during this latter part of his life, his his two sons, Hophni and Phineas. Um, they they do some wicked things. We won't get into that story tonight. We're going to cover chapter number one tonight of um, uh, First Samuel, which covers the story of Hannah um, coming to the coming to the priest to pray, or coming to the church to pray, and then um, but his sons. You know, he loses his sons basically. Um, then he loses um, begins to uh, being attacked. They he loses the Ark of the Covenant. And that's ultimately what kills him. He falls over dead at that point. He lo- At that battle, he loses his sons. He loses the Ark of the Covenant, and then he dies. Um, and that's, that is the end of Eli. But Eli, at the end of his life, he gets a chance to pour into a young man. Um, and, you know, I've read after a few guys, and a, a, some of them are very critical of Eli because they think that he... Um, he caused his two young boys um, to, fall, to go astray from the Lord. Um, but in my, in my aspect of the thing, um, if you take, and I, I've gathered this illustration before and we've talked about it, but if you take, if you take um, clay and you take butter and you go set it out in the hot Texas sun, um, one, the, the butter is going to melt, right? It won't take long in that hot Texas sun and it will melt. But if you take clay and you put it in that same sun side by side, what's the clay going to do? It's going to get hard. And uh, you take Eli. Eli had an opportunity with his two sons, and they turned out wicked. And uh, then he has a chance with Samuel. And what happens to Samuel? Samuel becomes one of the greatest judges in, in the history of Israel, a righteous, holy judge, a priest, a prophet of the Lord. And so you, you say, well, you explain that to me. How does one turn out wicked? How do those two sons turn out wicked and the other one turns out good? It was in the same environment, if you will. Um, he was older as he, as he was able to raise Samuel, but ultimately it was the same environment. And so you can take anybody in this room and put anybody in any environment. It's the environment doesn't determine how we turn out. It's that person that lives inside of us that determines how we turn out. And that environment, though good or bad, because we do have, we do have people that live in a bad environments. But how do we have people that live in bad environments turn out great and people that live in good environments turn out bad? Because it's not the person, it's not the environment that determines where we end up. Although it does play a huge part in our life, but it will not determine what happens to us. Because someone who is in a bad environment doesn't mean that they have to be bad. Just like Gideon, Gideon was in a good environment. I mean, Gideon, I, Samson was in a good environment. His parents prayed and asked God for him, and, hey, and 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 how did he turn out? And we just studied that, right? So now. Here's Eli. Okay, so anybody else have any thoughts or questions about Eli? And then we'll jump into the first chapter here. We're not going to read the whole chapter because our next story, we're going to go right into Samuel. So I don't want to uh, get too much into all of what takes place in First Samuel 1. Just kind of cover um, Eli. You know, Any other thoughts about Eli before we move on? Okay. Do you want to say something?
1: Okay. <laughs> All
0: right. So let's take a moment here and let's look at um, at this. Uh, at number one is the introduction of uh, to Eli. So in First Samuel chapter four and verse eighteen is the very end of Eli, and that tells us in verse eighteen. I kind of put that in there at the top um, where it says, and he judged Israel forty. Years. He was a judge for 40 years. Now, let's talk about Eli. Verse number three is the first mention of Eli uh, in chapter one. And this man went up out of the city, uh, out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. So this story talks about, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to say his name right, but Elkanah and Hannah. They went, to the, they went to the temple to sacrifice, to pray, and this was the first introduction of Eli. The name Eli, the e, Eli means Jehovah is high or my God. He, Eli was the high priest and judge of Israel. He was from the family of Ithmar. Uh, this is who Eli was. And Really, it doesn't give us a lot of background of who Eli was. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 14, verse number 3, "...and Anna, the son of Athithbub, uh, uh, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephah, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone." And in verse chapter fourteen, and verse number three, the grandson of Eli uh, was the uh, was was that is who that was talking about. Ichabod, the brother of the son of Phineas, Phineas's grandson. Ichabod. And uh, part of that goes into what we talk about at the end of Eli's life when that takes place. So kind of just, I mean, just a little bit of things about Eli. Not a lot um, about as far as the introduction goes. Uh, So that is that what we know of. Uh, Eli lived at at or around the temple, I don't know if he had a house connected to the temple, and so he was there when Hannah and Elkanah came to pray. Um, but he was there. Hophni and Phineas were there, and <coughs> Hannah comes in to pray, and she prays and prays. I don't know. You may know the story, you may not. And if you do, um, she's praying that God would give her a son, and uh, she weeps and she cries. And uh, the Lord had not allowed her to have children, and so she asked the Lord to open her womb so she can have a child. And, uh, and Eli sees this, and uh, Eli is watching this take place. And uh, so let's watch, let's watch this. So uh, Hannah comes in and prays. Let's look at Number two, the interrupted prayer. Uh, this is Hannah's prayer that gets interrupted. Verse number twelve, the Bible says, "And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth." No, you under. Now we again. I, I, we're gonna take some time in a couple of weeks to really get into first uh, that the life of Samuel. And this is where it all begins with Hannah praying. But she continued to pray. And you notice who she was praying to. She wasn't praying to Eli. She wasn't praying to Hophni and Phinehas. She was praying before the Lord. And he marked her mouth, which I, I, from what I gather is he was watching her. He was watching what she was saying. He was watching her pray. Now, Hannah, verse 13, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, um, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And uh, can you imagine uh, coming into church and and the Lord really gets a burden on you and you come to the front and you begin to pray, or maybe they didn't have an altar, if you will. I don't know how it was all set up, uh, but there she begins to pray, and the preacher's standing there watching you while you're praying, and he looks at you, and he's watching your mouth, and then all of a sudden he sees that you're just... and you're not saying nothing, so he comes back there to interrupt you because he thinks you're drunk. Man, she must have really been praying, must have really had a sorrowful spirit. Um, man, uh, and, and honestly, if you really truly think about it, as a woman... Um, even today and even back then, how sorrowful it must be for a young lady um, that can't have children. And sometimes we take it for granted that everyone can have children. You know, but truly not every person, not every lady can have a child. And uh, truly she was broken. She was broken about not being able to have a child because that was her ability to, to, to do what God is, you know, God is... Uh, place us to replenish the earth, or or to have children, and that's what he's caused us to do, or one thing that he wants us to do, and and so can you imagine the the heartbreak of Hannah and the and the disappointment of Hannah? as She's beginning to pray and and weeping and crying. And you ever been there? You ever been to a place where you had a burden so deep down in your heart you just wept, and the words didn't even come. I mean, and you're just praying, and you're all you're doing is just weeping. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe we've not ever been there. Maybe we've never got to that place where that burden is so heavy on our heart that we just that we just can't say anything. You know. <coughs> Any thoughts or questions? Her husband, her husband had two wives, and his other wife had children. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I know I read the story uh, this morning when I was looking over it again. I was like, yes, I think so. That's right, right? And that would make it even worse. Oh, it, it would make even it even it. harder. Kids and I'm not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's,
1: that's the bad part of it. But, you know, and like you were talking about, it would be an embarrassment, probably to her. But yet she was pouring her heart out of God. Right.
0: Right. But right. It Right. Right. Wife, I don't
1: remember if it was wife or it could have had more two children or three children. Right.
0: You know, and and you think about it. You know, if you've gone through a difficult situation, um, and it may not be that uh, not being able to have a child, but it, you've gone through a difficult situation, and you begin to pray, and the Lord, bro- and you broke before the Lord, and you begin to cry, and you begin to weep. Um, I my, immediately, my mind goes to the story when Jesus was. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus in the New Testament talks about um, how Lazarus had died. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. And why was he weeping? Why was he crying? Is because of the, the compassion he felt for the people. He's, he saw the people, the, the need. But then he also, he also was weeping because of Lazarus losing a friend and losing a companion. And so we look at our life and it's okay for us to cry. You know, we'll get, we'll get teary-eyed over TV shows, over movies, and, and different things like that. But it's okay for us to weep and cry when we pray before the Lord. And, and you've really got a burden for somebody or something or something the Lord's really placed on your heart. The Bible says, even, in, even again, talking about Jesus, when he was in the temple, I mean, when he was in the garden, the Bible says that he prayed sweat drops of blood. Now, that was an intense, how does that happen? An intense prayer, you know, I've heard, I've heard different things that there's, there's things that can cause you to, to weep blood and things like that, but man, what an intense prayer that he was weeping, uh, sweat drops of blood. And I just think about, uh, I think about our personal life when our prayer time comes, and again, like I said, we're going to get into uh, Hannah's prayer and all that kind of stuff when we get into First set When we get to talk about Samuel's life, but but for her to be praying and Eli interrupts her prayer because he thinks, "Man, woman, what are you doing? You must be drunk. You must have been drinking because she was praying so intensely." Um, I feel like I feel like sometimes when we pray, we don't even have to say words. Mm-hmm. It's just you being able to connect with the Lord with just your thoughts.
2: That's it. That's it.
0: You don't have to you don't have to verbally say, you know, what does it say about the the uh, and, and I and again my mind goes to the New Testament when Jesus talks about the, the publican and the sinner. Is that the? Is that how he talks about those two people that are praying in the temple? Mm-hmm. One is talking about how good he stands and prays, and the other one's standing in the corner praying. That's
2: right.
0: Is is that the publican in the center?
2: That's is that right. right? He doesn't show but He's praying. He still his prayer reaches. One's going doing it for show. Right. And one is and,
0: one and, and what was Hannah? Mm-hmm. What was Hannah doing? Hannah wasn't doing it so no one could see. Hannah was doing it so just God could hear. She didn't have to have someone's attention. That light is bright, huh? Yeah. Uh, is that someone in the parking lot? I must be a park. I wonder if that's parked at the other street there. Um, but as you think about that, Hannah wasn't. You know, you think about on the other end of the spectrum, Hannah could have been praying all this out loud. Hannah could have been praying all that out loud so that the priest could hear, but she didn't want that because she wasn't doing it for the priest to hear. She was doing it for God to hear. What a powerful, what a powerful thing. Because, you know, when we pray, even out loud, truly, when I pray at church, I'm not praying for you guys. Well, I, i no. Uh, that that came out wrong. <laughs> Look.
2: You pray for us, but you're not, you're
0: I'm not know. praying for you, you're Brother you're Alfred. Come <laughs> on. But, but truly, I'm not praying. You know, some, sometimes we pray to be heard.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: right. You know, we want, I, when I pray in front of people, I don't want to stutter and I don't want to do, 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 do. But truly, I'm not praying to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not praying for you. I might be praying for you but I'm not praying for you. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Well, I don't know if there's better
2: well, better well,
0: yeah. words to kind of describe that, but.
2: I'd I, I say it's a good time to pray out loud is when you're gathered at a meal and other people wanna hear your prayer that you're praying for the food. Now, your personal prayers, prayer, praying for other people, you don't have to do that. You, you can do it in your mind and, and you know. But, right. you know, you won't. The people that are fixing to eat the food to hear your prayer. Right. You know. Right. That that that's
0: a you know there is a time I say pray out loud. And it's it is evidence of someone who spends time with the Lord, someone who prays when they do pray out loud, you can tell. You can tell. But then you can tell when someone is just trying to put on a a fake prayer, if you will. Mm Um, I remember, I can't, I can't remember when it was, um, but in, in, uh, when my dad pastors in Beard, Bearden, every football game, they always have someone pray before the football game. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys will get up there with their written prayers, you know, they'll take their written prayer. I don't have to write a prayer down before I pray. Yeah, no, I remember, I can't remember if I they'd asked me to pray at something, it was at a public event or something, they're like, oh, aren't you going to write something? I'm not, I'm not writing a prayer down. And that's what, I mean, can you imagine what Hannah was going through? And all of a sudden, hey, stop that. Get, <laughs> hey, you you, you better get out of here. What are you doing all, you you're not. acting all drunk, man. Get out of here. I mean, can you, can you imagine how um, disappointing and disheartening that must have been to Hannah? Yeah. For the priest to come to her? And to me, I feel like maybe Eli should have said, wait a minute, she's just praying.
1: I wonder too, you know, they came to, they would come ever so often to give sacrifices. Right. Sacrifice
0: mm-hmm.
1: And you wonder if Hannah and Elkiah, her husband, if they. Prayed in the meantime. This is one of the only times that she could get by herself to get to the temple to pray. Yeah. And maybe a long time, you know, coming. But and and she was in destitute. Right. Right. At that time. Right. uh, You know, there's a lot of thoughts that goes along with that. If if people, and I'm sure they put. You pray in spirit too. I mean, right. Right. And and I'm sure that she had a certain amount of it, but she couldn't really voice didn't really feel like she could voice her prayer to God maybe until she got in the sanctuary maybe. or the temple.
0: Right. So, and it, you know, and if you let let's if you take that for instance where you come to the temple, uh, you know, when people come to church and I've seen people weep at an altar. I've seen people cry, uh, but a lot of times it's not, it's, it's, that was weird, that light just shut off, so I don't know, I parked that direction, I'm sorry, that messing me up, but uh, it's hard not to be distracted for a second, but, um, but you think about someone who comes to church and they come to the altar and they weep and they cry and they spend time at the altar and uh, you can see uh, the Lord working in their life. Um, and then you watch somebody come to the altar and pray for 10 seconds and get up and run back. I mean, I'm mean, i I'm not, you say, well, you're judging. Truly, I'm not trying to, oh, well, this person's real and this person's not. But if you see someone who is coming down and they're praying and they're weeping and they're crying, I mean, would you think that maybe God is working in their life rather than, get out of here, you've been, yeah, get out of here, what are you doing down here? <laughs> You you stayed too long. You stayed way too long at the at the at the club last night, or you stayed way too long down there at the at the house last night. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it's I feel like it's terrible that that um, he interrupts her, but let's read I didn't finish reading that, but verse number fourteen, Eli said unto her, he said, How long wilt thou be drunken? What are you doing, woman? How long are you gonna be drunk? And uh, put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Wow. Man, just praying to God, pouring out her soul. Count not that handmaiden for the daughter of Balao, out of for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken here too. Boy, she just wanted to pray. Boy, she just wanted to pray. And he wanted to interrupt her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts or questions before we move on and then I'll, then we'll close? Right, right. and that's how they go back home and unless
1: something happens the week to cause them a problem right. too many
0: times, that's the case and that's not it. right and we ought to make it a daily thing where we're spending time with the Lord and we're, we're bringing our complaints if you will like Hannah said and, and uh, truly praying to the Lord like that um, but then I see lastly number three Is we see that we see the introduction to of Eli, then we see an interrupted prayer, but then I see an inspiration. And you say, "What do you mean by that?" Look in verse number seventeen. Hannah's response to Eli, I believe, stirs and and it inspires uh, Eli. Verse seventeen. Then Eli answered and said, "Go in peace." And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Why would he say that? If you're praying and you are of a sorrowful spirit and you're, you're begging God and the preacher says, uh, comes up to you and says, hey, you better stop that. You, you've been, you, you stayed way too long getting drunk. And you respond, you say, no, 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 I've not been drinking. I'm of a sorrowful spirit. I'm just asking God. And then he says, okay, go in peace. What you've asked for will happen. What changed? What changed in Eli's mind to give her that response? She, yeah. He realized that Hannah was truly being sincere. Hannah was sorrowful. Hannah was not drunk. Hannah was not acting foolish. Hannah simply was just praying to the Lord. Right. And he said, wait a minute. God's going to answer your prayer. Go. Man, and and honestly, if you've been there, and I, I know you have prayed, um, and you've been there, and you felt like, man, okay, come on, come on. Uh, sometimes it is nice to know the Lord say, okay, I got you. I'm going to answer that prayer. Right. Can you imagine how relieved Hannah must have been when she left the house of God, knowing that God was going to answer her prayer and let her be pregnant? Yep. Gave her
2: some
0: hope. He gave her hope. And so she left, she got pregnant, and here she comes back with this baby boy to the house of God. After he had weaned her, after she had been weaned, after Samuel had been weaned, she comes back to the house of God. we're going to read the last, last couple of verses and then we'll close. Verse number 24. And and when she had weaned him, talking about Samuel, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and one, a bottle of wine and, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, which is where uh, Eli was in Shiloh and the, and the young child and the, and the child was young, and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. She decided when that child was born that when he was born, she was going to take him to Eli and give him to the Lord. And I even and again, it's one of those things that we 'll get into when we talk about Samuel, but what dedication, what courage to give the only child you've been given? To God and walking away and letting Eli hold him.
1: What amazed me about it was that he, her husband, and I'm he didn't say it. He didn't question
0: it. No. Said, Whatever you wish. That's
1: right. And that's he, right. That, that's unusual in that day and time right. because the man generally ruled.
0: Right. So he gave her order, right. Boy, I read, he, gave her a he doesn't fight it. And I truly think, I believe, just personal opinion, but I believe it's as a a result of watching his wife pray, watching his wife cry, watching his wife weep and beg God from a sorrowful spirit for that child. And when she left the house of God, she knew that she was going to have a child. And so trusting God that he was going to give it, he allowed her to take that child back to Eli. And then Eli takes that child in Verse 26, and she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. He said, Do you remember me? I was that woman that was praying here before the Lord. Um, and watch this statement of verse number 27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. Samuel's the Lord's. Here he is, Lord. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed till I couldn't pray no more, and he's God's. And the Bible says, and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, I ask myself this question, who is the he in verse 28? Do you think it's Eli or do you think it's Samuel? I think. What do you think? Before I give you my opinion. I think it's Samuel, I think it's Samuel too. I do. He was a child. And she brought him to the Lord. I said, here Eli, he's yours, take care of. And when she did that, he worshiped the Lord. That's right.
2: Because God talked to him
0: as a child, too. Just that next couple chapters.
1: That's
0: right. But why do you you think, or how do you think he knew how to worship? Because he had a praying mama. Because he had a mama he knew was praying for him, and had wept for him, and cried for him, and begged God for him. So mama... Don't you stop praying? Don't you stop crying and weeping for your children and praying for your grandchildren and praying that God would move on them? Don't don't you stop? Amen, brother. That's right. Because when Hannah came before Eli, here he is. I know she made trips back and forth and got to see him every once in a while when she come back to Shiloh, but she didn't live in Shiloh.
1: Clothes.
0: Yeah. Yep. It, it had to be
1: hard on her to up she
0: yep. I call him Elkanah. You just call him whatever you want to, okay? You know, call him Elk because E-E-L-K is how that starts his name I or something. That
1: was, that was kids, were cra- that,
0: yeah. kids were driving him crazy. Get rid of that one. But we see God move and God allows Eli. And I don't know if this is redemption for Eli. I really don't. I wonder if that is. I wonder if God allows him to have some redemption because of his two wicked sons. God allows him to train and, 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 and help Samuel. I don't know. But anyways, we'll get to chapter two tonight, tomorrow, uh, next Wednesday night. Amen. 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 Then The next four chapters will be Eli, and then we'll jump, then we'll go to the life of Samuel. All right. Any questions or thoughts before we close? I
2: learned quite
0: a bit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen.
2: A uh, few bits and pieces, but it all came together in the first part of it.
0: Yes, sir. Hannah Sam, and Samuel. Yes, sir. Amen. It's good. Uh, you know. Amen. It's gonna be free Amen. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be interesting.
0: Going to be Amen. Amen. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you. We Thank you for tonight. I pray that.